Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. On today's episode, we have a special guest joining us to talk all about birth control and the effects on your body. Over the last year and a half or so, I have gone off birth control, gotten back on birth control, and restopped my birth control. And we were talking all about how that has affected me, how my body is dealing with this birth control. And I have an expert to talk about how to help balance your hormones after birth control. So this episode is super juicy. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about the Worthy Woman's Brunch series. November 21st is the first ever Worthy Woman's Brunch event. It is a Zoom live call with myself, Rachel Main, and Megan Ulrich Kruger, some of the best sexuality and confidence coaches that are out there. This is going to be jam-packed with how to get through the holiday season, feeling confident, worthy, empowered, and dealing with the stress and everything else that comes with the holiday season. We are setting you up to start 2022 with a bang. To get more information about the Worthy Woman's Brunch, go to worthy.jordandonnell.com. We look forward to having you join us. Joining me today is Heather, an integrative health practitioner who specializes in helping women heal their gut and balance their hormones so they can feel like themselves again. Amen. She set out to develop a comprehensive and effective approach to conquering the debilitating symptoms to finally get her own illness of histamine intolerance into remission. Her methodology is built on a belief in the human body's innate ability to heal itself when given the right tools. Her goal is to teach you how to become your own doctor and listen to your own body so that you can stop living in fear of your symptoms. Heather has an ebook coming out called The Complete Guide to Balancing Your Hormones Post Birth Control to help you finally regulate your hormones the right way. I cannot wait to get my hands on this ebook. Heather, would you like to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Heather. I am an integrative health practitioner and occupational therapist, which basically just means I work with women one-on-one who are dealing with gut imbalances or hormone imbalances. And I get to use functional lab testing in order to really get to the root cause of their symptoms. And I love this type of lab testing because it's different that you get from your conventional doctor where they're just running blood work because I've experienced it. And I hear it from my clients all the time where my labs were normal and my hormones were normal. And I have to explain the differences and the advantages of the functional lab testing and how it really shows us what's happening inside your body. Yes. And it's so, I'm so glad that you brought this up because as a conventional practitioner, we don't have access to a lot of the stuff that integrative medicine has, the additional testing that's available. I actually had a friend that reached out to me this weekend and she's like, Hey, can my doctor do gut health checks? And I'm like, Yeah, no, you have to go to integrative medicine. And she's like, well, do they take my insurance? And I'm like, yeah, no. Most places that have 
the capability of doing more research to figure out what's the underlying cause don't have access to that. How did you get into integrative medicine? Yeah, so it was definitely when I was struggling with my own health challenges. And even from a young age, I remember being five, six years old and struggling with migraines and taking Motrin all the time or Advil. And then when I got older, I was put on birth control when I was 16. And I think that really started a cascade of events. I started having challenges with fat digestion, not realizing that it was impacting my gallbladder, going to the hospital with severe gallbladder, you know, that caused me to have like UTIs and bacterial vaginosis and never really putting the pieces together. And then I would kind of get to a level of my health where I would figure out how to manage my symptoms at that point in time, even though I may have been using like more holistic resources, but never really knowing why I was feeling this way. And things just kind of progressed as the years moved on. I uh, started developing histamine intolerance, mass cell activation disorder. And that's when things really got out of control. And I went and sought out a naturopath after seeing the GI doctor, seeing the endocrinologist. And at first, it was great what the naturopath was kind of the solutions that he was giving me. But again, he just ran blood work and <laughs> put me on thyroid medication, even though my thyroid markers were fine. And I told him I had fatigue. So anyway, long story short, a little bit prior to that, I had after I had gotten my master's in occupational therapy, I went and got my FDN certification, functional diagnostic nutrition. So I did that one first, I had a life, a lot of life things happening at that time. And I had to kind of put things on hold. And then I went and became an integrative health practitioner, I, I discovered Dr. Cabral, I highly, highly recommend anyone uh, seek out his information. I was just so impressed with his story and that he was able to reverse several autoimmune disorders like diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, and Addison's disease, which is not something you commonly hear. So I really wanted to be part of his mission and learn everything that he was putting out there. So I got that certification like three years ago. So that's kind of the, the long and short of it. You know, it's really just a matter of turning my pain into passion because having struggled for over 10 years with a variety of symptoms and collecting a supplement graveyard and uh, just way too much trial and error. But that's why I love what I do because I really have under, I can understand it from both sides of the perspective. I love that. Yeah. I totally believe in functional medicine and I don't see a doctor. I'm, I'm the worst provider ever but most providers are horrible. So yeah, I don't see a doctor, but if I was to see a doctor, that's who I would see. Absolutely. And you brought up birth control. I think that this is something that I really wanted to talk to you about today. I know you have a book that's coming out, an ebook, The Complete Guide to Balancing Your Hormones Post Birth Control. And when I found you on social media, it really hit home for me because I've been on birth control since I was 15. So about 15 straight years. And then last year I decided to come off birth control, but I started experiencing all kinds of new things that I had not had. And I never really knew what normal was for me because I started birth control right after getting my period. So what inspired you to write this book? Yeah, definitely your story and my story as well of going on birth control twice and when I went on when I was 16, my periods were fine. I mean, I had like no symptoms. I had no horm hormonal problems. Everything was great. And I was only on it for a short time. And just like you, I came off of it. And now my periods were heavy and painful. And I'm moody. And I was like, what? Is, why is this happening? 
And not even like only the past five years had I really uncovered the true picture of how this impacts everybody's system. And it's not just temporary. Like when women come off birth control, you can start experiencing symptoms from three to six months later. And then the amount of time it's going to take you to recover your hormones for someone, if you've been on it for 10 years, it could take six months to a year or more. So I've ha- I have a lot of women coming to me now with infertility because they've been on the pill and they thought they could just hop right off and get pregnant. But now they're dealing with all of these symptoms. So, you know, when we talk about informed consent, I know I was never provided informed consent when I was put on the birth control twice. And when I was 16, it was so crazy. After like three months of being on it, I was like, I feel depressed. I feel like I have symptoms of PMDD and I've never experienced this before. And their solution was to put me on antidepressants, which I didn't do. But I, at the time I was like, okay, I know I'm not depressed. So Seeing what women are put through and how they don't understand their cycles and they don't understand that they're only fertile for three, five days in a month, if if you have a healthy cycle too, there's just so much misinformation and the way that this is impacting women's, it's kind of like an epidemic. I mean, the amount of women that really go on the pill, it's a really high percentage. So I just feel like there's so much misinformation out there that I just really want people to make informed decisions and really realizing that there are more risks than you're probably told. Yeah, I would agree that I did not get informed consent. When I started birth control, I had like 28 days straight of bleeding. And so that was kind of the solution is just start birth control. 15 years old. Also, I was having sex. So I secretly was like, oh, this is a great way to get on birth control so that my mom doesn't know that I'm having sex. But What I didn't know is that that's about the same time that I lost all of my emotions and did not like, didn't cry anymore. Like I used to be very empathetic. Anytime I'd see somebody cry on TV, I would cry. Once I started birth control, that went away. When I stopped my birth control last year, I had actually froze my eggs. And I, after that was like, I don't really want to restart my birth control. Let's see what happens pretty regular periods for three months. And then after about three months, I started getting acne that was worse than anything I ever had as a teenager. I started getting hair growth. Like my lady that waxes my lip, she's like, you have under your lip hair now. What's she didn't say like, what's going on with that. But I told her like, this is new. And she's like, yeah, I've never seen that on you before. And had all of these changes to the point where I ended up restarting my birth control because I didn't know how to manage all of that. And then a couple months ago, I decided to restop my birth control to see how it's different and maybe be a little bit more patient with all of my symptoms. What recommendations do you have for someone who is experiencing these new things when they come off birth control? First and foremost, so we have to be patient with our body and understand that this is a process and just anticipate that you're going to have these new symptoms come up. So unfortunately, it's part of the journey, but there are so many things that we can do to help mitigate that. And I do see women responding really well and surprisingly, a lot of times really quickly, even women who have been on it for 5, 10 plus. So it sounded like you were experiencing post-pill PCOS, which is when you kind of get this surge in androgens, a surge in uh, testosterone that can start causing potentially male pattern hair loss, and now you're getting facial hair. This can also cause ovarian cyst growth, maybe weight gain, insulin resistance. 
So that's very common for that to happen post pill. And just like what you're saying, it was like more than three months after. So really what we want to do is get back to the basics here and focus on high quality nutrition. So eating organic food, pasture raised meats, if you're vegetarian, still keeping a close eye on blood sugar because blood sugar is highly correlated to insulin levels and that's going to impact all of your other hormones. So making sure you're getting a fat, protein, fiber, and we still need a healthy amount of carbs at every meal, not skipping meals, drinking clean, filtered water, getting enough sleep. And um, really one of the big important ones is we want to support the liver because the liver is what's processing and removing these excess hormones. So the liver's unfortunately been taking a beating this whole time that you've been taking the birth control pill because a lot of the pills, they contain synthetic forms of estrogen and synthetic forms of progesterone. And this can start to gunk up the liver, start to gunk up the gallbladder. So doing things like castor oil packs, I'm a big fan of lymphatic dry brushing, supporting the gallbladder with bitter herbs like uh, dandelion root or artichoke. You can use like a bitterest tincture. I'm a big fan of that, like before meals. So those are just kind of the starting points. And then I would also say definitely pay attention to the products that you're putting on your skin because those contain synthetic estrogens. We don't want to be using products with parabens or, or phthalates. And so I'm a big fan of using the ewg.org slash skin deep to check your products and see how they rate on uh, their scale. You want to use products that are more in the green scale and not eating foods out of plastic as well, especially heating up the plastic because that's another way that we are getting those synthetic forms of estrogen and they do have estrogen mimicking compounds that that work that way in our body. So kind of checking off these little boxes one at a time, it's not something to be overwhelmed with. But those are usually the basics that I tell people to start with. And then really beyond there, working with a functional medicine practitioner to check things like your gut health and to check your hormones, you want to wait to check your hormones about six months after, because we're anticipating that rebound effect. Oh, that's good to know. When I get out to California, I might have to come see you. Awesome. So <laughs> I know that like a lot of my friends have decided that they don't want that hormone exposure anymore. And a lot of them are stopping their birth control. Have you noticed kind of this increased push in women wanting to come off birth control? Is it kind of that we're in our thirties now or more information out there? What are your thoughts on that? I would like to think that more women are wanting to come off and getting educated, but I do think I'm in my 30s and most of the women that I see, they're in their 30s and beyond. I do see a lot of women though, who have just been coming off the pill and they're, I want to start conceiving. So I do think there's a disconnect. I do still think there's a, a gap in the education. And even I have had a few clients that are in their 20s and I try to sprinkle in this education in there and just kind of start teaching them, start tracking your cycle, use an app to really start understanding the different phases of your menstrual cycle and trying to teach them that you're only fertile for like five days at most in a month. So really, do you need to be on a pill that's suppressing your hormones for the entire month? So I would say it's still, I think there's still a lot of work to do. I think um, really the problem is coming from people who are teaching about hormones whether that's in middle school and high school, I think they're still teaching that old rhetoric that you can get pregnant when anytime you're not on your period, which is just not true. <laughs> so I think there's still a lot of work to be done. 
Well, and I even find, so I do like a Wednesday educational session for a private group on Facebook. And it's amazing to me how many women were taught that you ovulate while you're menstruating, while you're bleeding. And so many women do not understand how the menstrual cycle works, how ovulation works, how to actually prevent pregnancy or how to even become pregnant. I've seen a lot of patients in clinic. They're like, I'm not getting pregnant. And I'm like, well, are you having sex around your ovulation period? And they're like, They look at me like I'm crazy because we are not talking about the basics of how a woman's body works. And I think it's so important, which is why I do what I do. Now, what are some things women should consider when coming off of birth control? Yeah. So definitely talking, just reflecting back to what I had just mentioned about getting on the basics. The birth control pill really affects your gut health. It's essentially like taking an antibiotic. So it has more than likely been wiping out your good bacteria. So taking a good probiotic, if you're not suspecting that you have SIBO, if you are suspecting that you have SIBO, taking a probiotic on top of that can just make things. So that can be one of the places to start. And then also keeping in mind that the birth control pill depletes your body of essential vitamins and minerals. So B vitamins, magnesium, selenium, zinc, vitamin A, So we want to be taking a high quality B complex. I prefer the methylated kind because so many people do have that MTHFR gene mutation. You know, you can supplement with selenium or just eat your Brazil nuts. I'm a big fan of magnesium malate or magnesium glycinate. And most women need anywhere from like 400 milligrams to 600 milligrams. And then potentially around their period, even more than that, because our bodies just burn through magnesium. And if you haven't been supplementing with it this entire time you've been on the pill, you can pretty much guarantee you're deficient. So, and then another one that I really like to use, so I really don't like to use like a synthetic multivitamin that has all these vitamins that they're not in the right, they don't have the right cofactors and that kind of thing. So I'm a big fan of using ancestral supplements like beef liver in order to get preformed vitamin A, the retinal kind. It also has some zinc and some bioavailable copper, which is really important for energy and metabolism and reproductive health, immune system. So thinking about those two things. What is SIBO? I know you brought that up, but I'm not familiar with that. Okay. Yeah. So SIBO stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So it's kind of been exploding in the functional medicine world and also CFO, small intestinal fungal overgrowth. So it's basically when you're experiencing chronic bloating that may or may not be like if even if you haven't eaten, you, you're still bloated, or you're experiencing constipation or diarrhea, or maybe it's alternating, you might be feeling fatigued. And really, that's because the bacteria in the small intestine, we, we are not supposed to have a lot of bacteria there. And when it becomes misbalanced, or one of the theories is that some of the bacteria from the large intestine can flow back into the small intestine because of malfunctions with the ileocecal valve, that we don't want that mixing of bacteria. So now we have now we have harmful bacteria where we don't want it. So it's causing this plethora of symptoms. You may also have skin problems. And for myself, I definitely had SIBO and this was connected to my histamine intolerance which is a strong relationship. So when you have SIBO, you want to do an elimination diet. We want to eliminate those fermentable carbohydrates that's abbreviated FODMAP, like a low FODMAP diet. Because those are foods that when you eat them, they produce a lot of gas. And if you already have a lot of bacteria, it's going to make you much more bloated. 
And the other thing is we want to be really strategic about the probiotics that we're feeding to the gut because we don't want to overwhelm the gut as it is. So I'm a big fan of first using Saccharomyces boulardii, which is a healthy yeast probiotic. It helps to balance the excess yeast in the body. And then from there, layering in every month, as long as your symptoms are starting to improve. And then, of course, doing things, castor oil packs, coffee enemas can be really helpful if you have the constipation type of SIBO. So and then the other thing is I noticed that for women who have repeated SIBO, because a lot of times they're like, well, I did a protocol and I felt better and then it came back or just with general candida. And whenever that's happening, you have to look deeper. We have to check for parasites. They're often overlooked. And I'm not a big fan of parasite testing because unfortunately, parasites are way smarter than us. And we just don't have the technology to really accurately find them. There's so many different types. So I would just encourage somebody if you've been dealing with SIBO for a long time, and it's recurrent to potentially try a parasite protocol or check for things like heavy metals or mold. There's always, again, there's always a reason and you, you just have to dive deeper and realize that there's another missing piece as to why you're not yes, getting past I have a friend that comes to mind. She does bodybuilding and she drinks water and she bloats instantly. And it's very interesting. I was, her coach is actually my best friend and we were talking about it the other day and I had recommended functional medicine uh, because I figured this is probably what's going on. So that's the first thing that comes to mind. You also mentioned MTHFR. I know all about that, but do you want to tell us a little bit about what MTHFR is? I actually have one of the mutations. So I did genetic testing on myself and my background is in genetics. So I happen to analyze my own DNA, but I take methylfolate. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the MTHFR mutation? What impact that has on your health? Yeah, definitely. So with the MTHFR gene mutations, basically what that means is in the liver, we have phase one and phase two detoxification. We have in phase two detoxification, we have six different detox pathways. And one of them is the methylation pathway. This is also where we do, of course, a lot of detoxing. So we're detoxing um, heavy metals, we're detoxing estrogen, but we're also we're needing to convert B vitamins into the inactive form to the active form. So when women have or anyone has the MTHFR gene mutation, you're not able to make that conversion. So if you're taking these synthetic forms of just general folate or folic acid, you're really doing yourself a disservice. And especially for women who are pregnant, and if they have the MTHFRG mutation and they're not taking that methylated form of B vitamins, you can end up with neural tube deformities because you're not absorbing it because the baby then can't utilize that in order to form the central nervous system like it needs to. I definitely encourage women if they want to do some genetic testing to check that out, especially if you are looking to conceive because it's just and if you're not, it's just better to err on the side of caution because we need folate for so many different processes. Just the pregnancy aspect is just one, but B vitamins play a really big role in our energy, our metabolism, our reproductive health, our, our gut health. So really important. Yeah. I learned about methylfolate working in fertility and from the impact that it has on fertility, but also depression, fatigue, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, migraines, like a lot of people who have those symptoms find that methylated 
folate is better for them or they do better with it. So back to birth control. What are some of the benefits of being off of birth control? Yeah, definitely. So it's when you start to understand your menstrual cycle, it's very insightful as a woman. It's very empowering. So when you're on birth control, just like what you were talking about, kind of having a flat affect, it's because it's suppressing everything. So we're not able to understand that our moods are supposed to fluctuate for, throughout the month. During our, our menstrual phase, it's normal for us to feel more introverted, to want to stay home, be cozy, that kind of thing, as opposed to when we're in our ovulatory phase. We might want to engage in more exercise or exercise activities. We might want to go out and hang out with friends or just try new activities and be more adventurous. So when you start to understand the different points in your menstrual cycle, I feel like it's really empowering. And you can also you know, schedule your life around it a little bit better where, all right, I'm going to book my vacation around this time because I know I'm going to be feeling this way, or as opposed to I'm going to have a girl's night and just be really low key during my menstrual phase. So I feel like that was something that I started to really enjoy when I started to cycle track because I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. <laughs> Why haven't I known this this whole time? <laughs> Yeah. When I learned about cycle syncing, that was one of the big reasons why I wanted to stop my birth control. Cause I was like, wow, I could be using my hormones to benefit me in such a different way. And I notice it like I'm in my follicular phase right now. And so I notice that my creativity is kind of coming up. I notice that I have my, a little bit more energy and it's so interesting when you start paying attention to all of that and you see how it impacts your everyday life. One thing that I really noticed or that like I had a fear of when I stopped my birth control was a fear of becoming pregnant. And I know that you can only get pregnant around ovulation. However, it still can be really terrifying. So what would you recommend for pregnancy prevention if you're not using birth control? Yeah, definitely. So of course, understanding your cycle and really avoiding sex around that ovulatory phase, or if you choose to have sex around that time using some type of barrier method, like a condom or diaphragm or something like that, condoms are very, very effective. (laughs) So understanding that if you want to have sex, and if you want to potentially take the risk, you do have another option, or you can just altogether just avoid having sex for that five days or for that week. Yes. Except that that like hormonally is when you are like, I want to have sex with everything. At least in my opinion, that's what happens for me. So it's always, it's tricky because avoiding it sounds easy, much easier said than done. What else do you maybe want to talk about or share about? Yeah. You know, I guess some of the side effects that we could touch on a pretty alarming one that I learned recently was that for women who have been on the birth control pill for, I think it was five, so like six to nine years, five to 10 years, they have an increased risk of cervical cancer by up to 60%. So pretty alarming. Another one is that women who have been on the pill for uh, three or more years, they have a, I think 3% or 300% increased risk of Crohn's disease. So really, again, thinking about how much this impacts gut health, and then knowing what we know now about gut health, 
our gut is the epicenter of our immune system. So that puts us at risk for a variety of autoimmune diseases, especially things like thyroid, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is again, I mean, it's an epidemic problem among women, especially in uh, North America, because we are just, we're all overworking ourselves and undersleeping and wearing way too many hats. So those are some risks that I think women need to know about as well as the risk for blood clots and strokes and DVTs, pulmonary embolisms. Unfortunately, I do know someone, she was young and she ended up having a stroke and passing away. And it's just... It's very shocking and we need to not make light of this because especially when you see those birth control commercials and they're just like fast forwarding through those side effects. These are real side effects that women could potentially experience and especially myself, I have a factor five Leiden and prothrombin gene mutations. So that would have been something really important for me to know that I'm already at higher risk of having blood clot and stroke. Yeah, I actually did a whole podcast episode with a girlfriend of mine who had a pulmonary embolism and the only risk factor was birth control. And thankfully, like she, she should have died. It was a saddle embolism. Like she should have not, she should have not survived, but by the grace of all gods, she did. And there are a lot of risks of birth control. However, there are, I mean, for people who are not capable of cycle tracking, who have a hard time being responsible, my, myself included in that, birth control is a great option to prevent pregnancy because you do have those risks with pregnancy as well. One of the weird side effects that I didn't know I had with birth control that I learned after stopping it was orgasming. Like it was very difficult to orgasm with a partner when I was on birth control. And then when I come off, it's so much easier. Yeah, I can relate to that as well. And just how the birth control pill can kill your libido and cause vaginal dryness. It's like, it's a double whammy effect. Like not only is it affecting your hormones in this way, but then you also have this emotional component. And I think again, that comes back to it causing this like flat affect, almost like this disconnect. And I remember feeling that or like feeling this kind of like disconnect from myself, especially once I experienced hypothalamic amenorrhea for 18 months after coming off the pill the second time. At first, it was great. I didn't have a period for so long. And then I was like, I just I don't feel right. Like I don't feel like a woman. And I started to kind of miss that ebb and flow that we get to experience every single month. Yeah, it's and it's so cool. I think it's so fascinating when you pay attention to the your body's response when you're having a natural normal cycle. You brought up cervical cancer. Why do you think that it's at an increased risk for women taking birth control? Yeah, I mean, I can't say for sure, but thinking about how it shuts down the communication between your brain and your ovaries, like anytime we're shutting down like an entire organ complex, that just can't be good. And thinking about how it alters the gut microbiome, when we alter the gut microbiome, we're altering the vaginal microbiome, the way that it impacts liver health and detoxification. So I imagine it's probably a combination of all of these things, the way it causes nutrient deficiencies, but it's something I'll have to dive a little bit deeper into as well. I'm curious because cervical cancer, the most common cause is HPV, which is a virus. And I'm wondering if it has something to do with when women are on birth control, they have more unprotected sex because they're not preventing pregnancy or they're not having to worry about preventing pregnancy, which has an increased risk of HPV. 
and other STIs, but that's what makes, that's what comes to mind for me when I think of an increased risk of cervical cancer because of birth control. Yeah. Interesting. I could, that's very true. I could definitely see that being the case. Yeah. Who knows? I'd be curious to see the study and see kind of more of what they found. If the listeners take away one thing from today's conversation, what would you want it to be? Yeah. So really not to be in fear of your own body, of your own menstrual cycle, and to realize that this is a tool that you can use and something that can be empowering when you really understand it. And also keeping in mind that the birth control pill is really meant to prevent pregnancy. So if you're someone that was put on it for any other reason, kind of thinking twice and starting to ask questions and starting to try to understand your own body, because at the end of the day, what I always say is symptoms are our best friend. If your body is giving you symptoms, they're like little signs of like your body trying to say like, help me look over here, pay attention to this. So not being in fear of our body, not being in fear of our symptoms and using them as tools to help understand more about ourselves, more about what our body needs, what our body doesn't need as a way to just kind of tune in. I love that. And you're absolutely right. Like we use birth control as providers to mask a ton of symptoms. It's like, oh, your period's too often. It's not often enough. It's too heavy. You're too crampy. You're moody. You X, Y, and Z, you have acne, you have a hair growth. Let's just put you on birth control for all of that. And yeah, sure. It might help, but really you're just covering up the problem and not getting to the root cause of why you have that. And uh, so, yeah, I think that's a really, really good takeaway. Where can the listeners find you at? Yeah. So um, you can find me on my website, revivewithheather.com. Also over at Instagram, revive underscore with underscore Heather. I'm pretty active over there. And I do have a Facebook page, uh, Facebook slash revive with Heather. If you're looking for free consultations, I offer uh, 30 minute consultations feel free to check out my website or it's linked up in my uh, Instagram account as well. If you're scared to come off birth control or dealing with infertility or just general hormone problems, I am really passionate about helping women and there's always so much that we can do and there's, there's always more to the picture. Absolutely. And I am definitely excited for your book release. So you'll have to let us know when that comes out so that we can share so that I can share that on my social media. The other question I had for you is, do you take out of state clients or is it all within California? Yeah, no, I can definitely work with people who are out of state. I've even had international clients. There are just some challenges with certain states. New York is one of them where they don't allow functional lab tests to be shipped. So there's usually some workarounds that we have to do. But yeah, in general, definitely within the States is not a problem. That's so interesting. Why why does New York have to be difficult? I mean, I'm sure you just send them over the border to Jersey and ship them from Jersey. But what a pain. What a pain. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for joining me today. I appreciate your time. And this has been a wonderful conversation. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Jordan. This episode is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones, offering top bath and beauty products and relationship enhancement items. Check out the link in the bio to start shopping today. By shopping, you are supporting this podcast. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.